And welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Check Your Brain podcast hosted by me, Tony Mazur. And uh, yeah, if you're listening for free, thank you. I appreciate it. But I also have a Patreon if you want to go subscribe on my Patreon at patreon.com slash Tony Mazur, T-O-N-Y-M-A-Z-U-R. Nice Polish name. And uh, for three bucks, it's uh, audio only. But then for five bucks, it's audio and video. And 10 bucks, it's all of the above. Plus, you get extra bonus content. So go there at patreon.com slash Tony Mazer and early access to guests like this one we're going to talk to, or I'm going to talk to today. And that's Michelle Traina. She is making a second appearance on this podcast. I've had a couple of repeat guests. Uh, most of my guests are usually one and done and not, no offense. Usually they're promoting something and then that's it. Or uh, maybe they hate me over time. Uh, trust me, I've pissed enough people off in my life. <laughs> but uh, a couple of times I get a couple of extra people that want to come on and make a second appearance. So two years ago on this podcast, I had Michelle Traina and she was coming through my neck of the woods, the funny stop in Cuyahoga Falls to do divorce diaries. And so one woman show and, you know, stand up storytelling, all of that. And in that time, because you think about it, where we were two years ago, it, we were coming out, out of COVID. And I want to ask you about that a little bit too, and yeah. uh, how things have grown. But I found it weird. I was going back in our podcast we did two years ago, and it was a time where we're talking about, you know, the trials and tribulations and the humor and everything about uh, about divorce, while at the same time, I'm planning my second wedding, and I started feeling bad. Like, I had this guilty feeling. Like, I'm talking about a woman who's <laughs> gone through hell and back with divorce, and here I am going like, but the best day of our lives is coming up right now. I <laughs> so love was that. Like, <laughs> it was really, it was the timing was weird, but you completely understood. But yes, my guest here today with that uh, rambling, uh, nonsensical <laughs> introduction is Michelle Traina. And oh. we are going to talk a little more about Divorce Diaries because she is making a return appearance, not just on my podcast, but to the funny stop coming up uh, the weekend of, I believe it's May 12th and 13th, which is Mother's Day weekend. That's right, baby. Mother's Day has never been so crazy and hilarious than when I come to town. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. I think actually think that it's amazing that you interviewed me right before your you said second wedding. So well, it was guys... the, it, it's the it's the same girl, but we did the <laughs> pandemic affected one in the backyard. And then the second was the where we felt a little bit more comfortable about leaving the house after because when you want to get married, I, I highly recommend a time during a deadly pandemic. Oh, uh, well, I mean, that's when you really can it the pandemic really showed people if they wanted to spend the rest of their lives with them in a actual home that you are stuck with them because mm -hmm. i feel like you make up it make a break makes or break you and i actually love that it was right before your wedding because i love love that's the journey of divorce diaries that's why i kind of got divorced not kind of that's why i got divorced i felt like the relationship was not where what i imagined it would be uh with my happily ever after so you know when people hear you know divorce they think oh no this is like scary no it's it's first of all it's supposed to be funny um, i'm a little all over the place i ramble i have my own undiagnosed adhd and there's something for everybody in the show so whether you're single married or divorced or you're you know getting you know into a relationship with someone that identifies as a cat you know it's there's always something for somebody yeah well and it's funny because Sorry. you started seeing the people during covid and that they got stuck at home and i'm i'm world shuts down March of 2020, we're to get married in June of 2020. And so in those final couple of months when, you know, there's a lot of stress getting, planning a wedding and everything. And now I have to be with this person. And she, not only that, she has to be around me 24 seven. 
And I got to believe that if you can survive that, you can survive a lot. But uh, do you uh, now let me ask you this kind of funny uh, as I segue that <laughs> do you think if you were still married going into 2020 with your previous marriage, do you think by the time COVID was over, your marriage would have been over too? Yes. You, you would have killed each other. Yes. Forget 15 days to flatten the curve. It would have been 15 days to flatten this marriage. Um, I would have stayed at my parents and that's what would have, we had a hurricane and I left the hurricane during our marriage. There was a, a hurricane. It was Hurricane Sandy. If you're from the Jersey area, you know, you remember Hurricane Sandy. Oh yeah. And I remember the night after Hurricane Sandy, it was still bad. People were driving miles for gas. I drove to my parents, which was an hour and a half away to sleep over because I didn't want to be stuck with him in the house and no electricity. And, and then, and I had take, a baby too. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. And then, and then take away the fact that, uh, that you couldn't do anything. You couldn't leave the house. You couldn't, if you were so stressed, you want to go do stand up. You couldn't do that. You were in the same house and uh, right. uh, so, and I didn't want to do him. So that was the thing. Like, it's not like some <laughs> couples who aren't getting along. What like, I'll just, we'll have sex. We're going to know that was not us. I was like, no, 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 no. And I, I don't, I don't say that to be like mean towards him, but it was like the intimacy part of our life was so at that point, cause we just were in a bad place. So I, you know, it's bad when you're running to your parents' house. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and so I'll go back in. If you're watching on uh, rumble or YouTube, here it is, uh, or on Patreon, uh, you, in the last couple of years, you have been able to put out a lot of content here and, yeah. uh, and here it is on Amazon. If, if anyone's interested, you yeah. have a special that's out there. It's called Michelle Traina Divorce Diaries. And I'll read it off right. here. A one-woman comedy show about Michelle Traina's post-divorce divorce journey, teaching kids with special needs and dating men with special needs. A live show that mixes stand-up and improvisation based on Michelle's real life as a single mom and a Jersey native. And uh, it, there it is. It's available. Go check it out on Amazon. And uh, you can rent it, but go ahead and buy it, too. I mean, why not? You get to have it forever. So, Thank uh, you. Buy it. It. I will be stuck in your folder of Amazon Prime forever. Not stuck. I. I want. I want everyone to buy it. To just like I told you before we started recording, because we're trying to use the distribution funds to film our scripted series. <laughs> not, nice. I'm going to put it out there. Now let me play. Let me play a little bit of here as I'm going to share this. This is yes. the trailer for Divorce Diaries for, for the TV pilot. Yeah, for the TV series. Yes, yes, for the TV series. So this is Divorce Diaries, a one-woman comedy show that focuses on my life, teaching kids with special needs and dating men with special needs. I've known Michelle for over 25 years. We met doing community theater in high school. And she's a good person. She's got a lot of heart and a lot of caffeine. You're going to a city like that. That's what the producer said. That if it if it doesn't like look look put together, he's not going to look at it. Is she like a like a teacher or what does she do? You know that alarm in school. No one's supposed to go to the Right, you can't touch it. But there's always like that one kid. Bureau. And then we were up here at 100. They don't train me for that. Why are you filming in the school? So there's there it is. Go check that out. And again, here's the link over there. Uh, no, so that's not so. So the only thing is, Tony, not to interrupt you, is oh, that yeah. pilot is not for what you're going to buy on Amazon Prime. My live comedy special. I have a commercial that I can show you, too, on there. But so the, the trailer you just saw is for the TV pilot for the scripted series. And the, the, the special on Amazon Prime is me performing the show of Divorce Diaries live. And everyone, people get confused, like, well, I don't understand what's the difference. So it's kind of like Seinfeld, how Seinfeld has his live 
comedy special mm-hmm. and he has the show. A same thing, except Divorce Diaries is a different type of comedy show, whereas most stand-ups will just do a stand-up special, where yeah. I do 45 minutes of stand-up and then the 15 minutes of improv, sometimes with the audience, sometimes alone, sometimes with my writing team for the TV series. Well, oh, I was going to say more like Pee Wee Herman, because Pee Wee's Playhouse started as uh, oh. it was a Groundlings thing with Phil Hartman. And they would have uh, they would have the stage yes. show and it became yes. so popular that became an Am- or Amazon. Yeah, of course. Uh, it became an HBO special. And then it took off into the movie, the couple of the movies and then the TV show. So you're, you're kind of it's kind of a similar path. You have that concept and you can take it from a stage and apply it in different ways. Exactly. And I think that the idea for uh, I'm trying to see if I can get the trailer for the for the uh, if you go to any of my content, you could see the trailer for the for the prime video special. It is something that you will get a taste of what being in live the performance being at the live show is, but also for some of the characters in the scripted series. And I've had people say, well, where can we see the pilot? And I say, well, it's circulating film festivals right now so that when the next film festival we're in you can either come to it or you can wait for another i'm doing another virtual screening of it and i i the date was supposed to be in april but i got extremely busy with work and i was like i have to sit and plan when i can actually promote the virtual screening again but it will be circulating that in addition we are we have a team now i signed with a producer from the pilot from that proof of concept I shot in 2021. When I first did my interview with you, I was raising money to shoot that pilot. And then I shot it that that June. We we winning one over like a dozen awards and film festivals. And I got a producer from it who then brought on his team that directed and produced the Amazon Prime special. So we have one, you know, project together under our belt. And now we're looking for an investor to film the six episodes that we wrote um, for season one. And that includes like a reshoot of the pilot in the lens of what we created. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, that's what works. And I think what helps nowadays, even though there's always, you know, everybody needs money, everybody needs to try to put something out. But the means of distribution, it's not like you're going to CBS or ABC and NBC, and that was it. That's all you had back in the day. Now, I at least, know, if I you know. have something, you, you can have. put it out. So you have there's so many um, there's so many different um, avenues you could take. Um, I I will say I'm learning a lot about how to, you know, approach investors and people with for this kind of money because it's it's a process. And I know that, you know there's a saying where you know, it's about the journey and patience. And I'm a big, uh, I'm a big believer in um, planting seeds. And I think that the show is about that, where it's not going to have, like, I keep comparing myself to other comedians and other actors who like, all of a sudden they have, they're like, they're blowing up. And I'm like, am I doing everything right? And that's the, and, and the story is about me feeling like this underachiever through comedy, right? Um, like the office meets American mom on amphetamines type feel. <laughs> um, and we want people to feel like, oh, I feel, I feel that same way, even if they're not divorced. Well, and that's, that's the one thing that's, uh, that I want to ask you about that is the, even though I think everybody in some way that's listening right now and everyone out there has experienced divorce in some way, whether they themselves have been divorced, uh, parents, grandparents, uh, yeah. sister, brother, whatever. 
uh, it affects them in different ways, but there still is a little bit of a stigma. There's a little bit of a taboo. Have you gotten any backlash from people saying that you're glorifying divorce? You are, uh, don't you understand? Like, I mean, like, for example, I'm Catholic and the Catholics and a lot of Christians still look down upon divorce. That's why some are, in, although there should be, there should be like an offshoot, like an, for annulment, should be like annulment they, announcements. Sub divorce diaries, it's annulment something. Yeah, <laughs> it, apparently, according to my landlord, the Catholic church, church has now agreed to allow you to annul your marriage no matter how far along. I don't know how true this is, how far it has been since your uh, divorce, your actual marriage date. Mm. Um, I have received people who've been negative for sure. Um, what is so funny about divorce? I'm, I'm looking for this trailer so I can show because I do a joke in my set where, you know, I had a marketing director of a mail review that I did a collaboration with many couple years ago for National Divorce Day. And it was it felt well received and I felt really good after the show. And his comment was, yeah, we did get some people on social media that we had to delete the comments from you know, because divorce does leave a bad taste in people's mouth. I was like, you have naked men humping women on stage for divorce parties, bachelorette parties, and you have the balls to say this to me. No, I didn't say that to him, but I just thought it was the, the I thought the comment was so like, I get it that you don't want people to like, but I also don't get it because we celebrate breakups because people are depressed over them. We want them to feel good, right? We want them to feel good. That's the whole point of it but there are people who don't get it and i also have had friends of friends ex my one of my friends almost ex-spouse I, I guess apparently told my friend i don't understand how she finds it so funny to make a show about divorce i said well quite frankly i i don't care <laughs> if i if i find humor in this really tragic situation and i can help people that's your problem and not mine. And I'm, I'm not saying that there it isn't a challenging uh, time, but I do think that people who have to who have had opinions towards me and then have been very negative about the show, like they're dealing with their own stuff. Yeah, but, or know, they just haven't about? seen it. A lot of people, it, it. they they just haven't really seen uh, much of it. And uh, all right, let me pull that up. You said, yeah, pull it up. There's a trailer for the Prime Video special. All right, let me. All right. That's uh, sorry. Sorry, folks. No, I'm take it up. And, and, and while you're getting that up, just so everyone knows, I'm a very like embrace the imperfectness that is me type of per like, and I th hope that that um, comes through in the show. I know it'll come through. It's just that's what I want people to identify with. It's like, wow, she's not afraid to put it out there, despite the fact that people could say, oh, well, you don't have makeup on or you don't have perfect mom gear on. Okay, here we go. Woo -woo. I don't think I can hear it. Always I was miserable, I was depressed, I was married. I did what any Jersey girl would go to a mile to do. I threw a chair at his head. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it, it, one thing that's interesting about going through this process of divorce is that it's relatable and it's also personal. And 
when you're doing stand-up, and I've been doing stand-up about almost 10 years, and one thing that I've noticed is that I go through peaks and valleys with my material, and usually I realize my some of my best material is when I'm miserable. And <laughs> what do you do? Like, how do you how do you deal with when you're dealing with a breakup, a job loss, or whatever? Is you use it as kind of like either going to the gym or some form of therapy. And if anything, it's probably way healthier than saying like, yeah, I'm going to go get loaded tonight. I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to oh, get stoned, right. whatever. Uh, I think it's better just to go out and vent in front of strangers and say, here's how miserable my life is, or here's how great my life is since I was miserable. So at least if you're looking for relatable personal material, this this is it. This is your personal life. I, I agree. I think that even if you, you know, I, I, I feel happy that I got over something that I thought was going divorce for me was the happy ending to what I was, was not happy within. Right. And that's not to say I got married to get divorced, but I always created for my life from the time I was in high school doing musical theater, touring, I'd write, I would do, I did improv before I ever did stand up. I started just doing stand up like six years ago because I was, I had a background in improv and I thought I'd go back to that. But when I started doing stand up because of a breakup from a boyfriend, not even the breakup of my divorce, I had already developed Divorce Diaries into a one woman play. And it was more bittersweet. It wasn't, it, I even, it was very different than it is now because I, you know, I was just creating and it was helping me. I do think that therapy is therapy, right? I think that this is definitely a part of the, the healing process. I said, you know, go obviously go to a, a doctor if you're feeling depressed and anxious about something that's happened to you in your life, or if you're prone to those actual uh, you know, illnesses and, and disorders. We and we all are, right? But I think the comedy part is, you know, I really want to make people laugh if they're going through a hard time. And same thing for myself. Mm -hmm. that yeah, that's the when you go through those horrible times. And uh, I mean, that's why I started doing stand up in the first place because I, I have friends of mine who said, "Well, I started doing stand up because my dad and I used to watch uh, Robin Williams specials, and then my dad died of cancer, or whatever." It's like all these like horrible stories. And it's like, what about you, Tony? When did you start? I'm like, uh, I wanted to get my girlfriend back. <laughs> she never, there's no a, but, but there's no, it, it's like, yeah. So it's no problem there. It, it, we all go through our different things. And I remember the time where, uh, like I, I had started doing standup because I wanted her to come out to go see me. And, oh my God. I love that. And it was like <laughs> one of those. And well, cause I was, I was in between jobs and I was doing, I was trying to figure out like, what can I do to impress this girl again? And I realized there was nothing I could have done to impress the girl now that I have the closure. And one of the classic stories was I was doing the stand-up and everything. And I started, we started dating other people. And then for whatever reason, we kind of got into contact again and said, how about we like maybe see if we could rekindle old flames? And uh, so she's like, Yeah, well, let's let's do something. And then one night I said, Hey, I've got a I'm doing a one-nighter at a, a room like a couple of miles from you. It's not too far away. Would you want to? Yeah, I could do that. And it was a show started at nine o'clock. I was going about nine thirty, and I kept looking out the door, like, "Where is she?" It's about nine fifteen, nine twenty, nine twenty-five. Oh so it's God. about nine. All right, calling your next comic to the stage. He's from Cleveland, Ohio. Give it up for Tony Mazer. Like, all right, and I bond that night because what I just have on my mind I'm like I she should be here and she never once said I can't make it I don't feel comfortable this, the weather's bad it was nothing and I'm like that's my closure right there right exactly. it was absolutely my closure and I'm like you're the reason why I wanted to get into doing stand-up in the first place because I wanted to impress you and I realized you did not 
you weren't you weren't there for me when I needed you. Right. And, and, and so we right. Exactly. And so it's one of those feelings of what would I rather have in life? And this is, I think, the the feeling of a, a true artist. And I don't want to say I call myself an artist, but I think it's like this with a lot of performers. Would you rather be happy, but it compromises your onstage material? Or would you rather be miserable because you always have just built in material built up there for you? <laughs> Well, I also think so. Um, this is a great question. I, I think that you can always find material in something, you know, because if life was perfect, we'd be in heaven. So I think there's always something you can develop. And I also feel like um, if you have to truly love the craft of not only stand up, but performance and what you do, because then it's because that will prove longevity that will also prove that you know this is where you're meant to be and not just also the performing element the grind of it the business component it's a lot right um you know it and or if you can't if you if you're looking at it from well i want to do stand up as maybe a side hustle or just as a hobby because it, it's part of like my you know act like extracurricular whatever you want to call it, it it's not i I think the miserable being miserable component where I do see a lot of comics are like, oh, I'm so depressed. That's why I'm drinking, going to the comic. I'm like, that's not the right mentality. I think the mentality is if you really want to use comedy to help you progress, um, then you should. But, you know, getting drunk and, and not and self-deprecating in a way that's going to um, or high or whatever, that's going to make you not be able to heal properly from all those those experiences. And it may be funny when you're creating on stage, mm -hmm. then you're headed down a dark road. I personally think like and I'm not saying like all the time I'm perfect either. Like I've done material about ex-boyfriends and people that I've dated in my own family that doesn't hit that that hits that hits nerves. Yeah, but it's part of who I am. I'm like, this is who I am. I create for my life. I don't mention anyone's names and um, I can reflect on what they have to say. But this is this is what it is. I think as long as you're keeping in tune with who you really are and why you're actually doing it, it's mm -hmm. not meant to hurt people. It's meant to help and heal. Then you're on the right path. I was uh, after I had dated that girl who I thought was the one and she wasn't there for me, everything like that. Uh. I, I, I dated I dated a couple of girls and there was one I dated for a couple of years that really should have just been. Yeah, it should have been a couple of weeks or maybe a month, maybe a couple of months, because I right. just started uh, I started under <laughs> I was found dating to be like going used car shopping. Right. That if you're an adult, if you're not a, a high school sweetheart and you're entering <laughs> your 30s, you go out dating and it's like you're always on the lookout for that great used car. Now, some are going to be better than others, but mm, they're used cars. So sometimes you like a used car. It's very reliable. A, a nice Honda Civic you're looking for uh, for a while, but others are going to be a lemon. And uh, this girl was this girl was a rotten lemon that I dated, but I was like too I was too nice. I was too broken down emotionally. Right. But it did help me on stage. I thought it was a better comic because I would I would be frustrated and I would just go like, save it for the stage, do this. Exactly. And, then I, and then it all culminated it right at the end of our relationship. We got into a big fight. Um, it was one. It's a true story. We uh, we were going to a concert that uh, we both liked the band uh, Real Big Fish. There were a ska band and like kind of like Money, oh, Money, yeah. Boston. Oh, yeah. I love it. She said, uh, hey, what? Uh, so I got her tickets for Christmas. And this is early January. And we went out to a Mexican restaurant beforehand. And we, she's like, we should go during happy hour because the drinks are like half price. Yeah, sure. That's that's always going to be a great. <laughs> so she ends up getting six margaritas that night before the show. Six? Then, six. Oh, yeah. 
I would have no, been, no, no been passed out. <laughs> well, it basically, I can't handle two. <laughs> well, this is when you're dealing with a girl like this. And she had six margaritas and we go to the concert and the whole time she's like keeled over. And I'm like, are you sick? She's like, I have acid reflux. And I said, yeah, you had six margaritas. Of course you had acid reflux. I want to go. I want to go. I'm like, we're not going anywhere. I'm, I'm like, this is this is the end of our relationship. I'm like, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to step up and say, I paid a lot of money for these tickets to this concert and you're going to enjoy this. Like, I, I hated sounding like that, but that's kind of what I had to do. And she just got miserable. I want to leave. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave now. And then she ends up walking out and then I walk out and try to bring her back. I say, look, let's figure this out. And I'm, and then it just, it, and the problem was, is about a half hour, maybe a 40 minute drive home. I wanted to flip the car over. <laughs> it's like, it was to that point screaming at me. It's one o'clock in the morning. We live in an apartment complex. So I'm assuming everyone's just kind of knocking on the windows like, Shut up in here. and then uh, she ends up getting to a point where, and I'm actually, weirdly enough, I'm looking at it right now in my kitchen, a Hamilton Beach carving set. And she pulls out this huge knife. And I'm standing there in the kitchen and she's got this, this crazed look on her face. This is becoming like thriller here, a thriller. With the knife. And all I could think about is if I survive this, this might be a good bit on stage. (laughs) You had a woman pull a knife on you? Mm -hmm. That is dating. I used to say that my dating life was like tales from the crypt. That is a tale from the crypt of the, of dating. Like that's kind of, that's extremely scary. It, it it was and it wasn't even the end of it because I, I brought it up the next so the next morning it was like you know the one of those wait, where they wait say, you slept over i stayed in the other room and i locked the door <laughs> no! i would have left oh my god and she please. was so we uh, she's like i think we should talk about what happened last night <gasps> i'm like uh yeah you think wait and you she's actually like, stayed that is actually a general like most men won't even stay if i have a fucking meltdown like i i don't even yell at them but like if i even speak my mind they'll leave mm-hmm. you stayed now was it because you didn't want to like you wanted to make sure she was okay no it was because i have a lease that was up at the end of the month <laughs> and i'm too cheap to go like and eh, no i'm not going to pay for a place that i'm not living in right now um, oh oh okay you guys have okay right, right, because okay, this was now uh, earlier I'm just spilling all, all, I don't care. Even if she's listening right now, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Because this was in early January, January this happened. The previous St. Patrick's Day, she got got too drunk. She got mad at me, started throwing stuff at me and punching me because I ran a little bit too late to go pick her up from something because it's St. Patrick's Day. Okay, so wait, let me ask you a question. Did you guys have really good intimate, like good sex? Is this what was keeping the bond going? That was why I got hooked in the first place. Okay, well, there. this is explains a lot now. So you see, bad, really good sex will keep you in very bad, toxic situations. But then it got, I, well, I, 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 I could talk that- even further, but because then it started getting monotonous, that it's like, I, I am, I'm, I'm a, Try to try to keep this as uh, PG as possible. Um, I, I I am not PG, so you can you can do as much as you want at your show. <laughs> uh, hair pulling, choking, that kind of stuff like that. I'm like, if that's what you want, but that's not really who I'm looking for in a future wife. Like to think <laughs> that like I'm I'm seeing her walk down the aisle in her nice white wedding white wedding dress and going one. like. Yeah, I know what's going to happen later that uh, all that hairspray and everything that I'm going to have to start pulling when 
Hey, she's a lady in the parlor and a whore in the bedroom. That's what I am. I hope to be for some guy someday. But no, I think that, wait, so she, you woke her up. The, so the next morning she said, let's talk about it mm -hmm. after she pulled a knife on you. And then what did she say? Did you guys talk about it? Yes, we did. And I said, uh, yeah, we need to talk about it. Uh, how about you pulling a knife on me at one in the morning? <laughs> and she said, what are you talking about? And I said, you know what I'm talking about. You, We were in the kitchen. You went over to the carving station. You pulled out this big knife that is basically only used for cutting off uh, limbs of a turkey on Thanksgiving. And she, uh, she's like, uh, no, 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 no. You thought I was going to cut. No, I was going to cut myself. Oh, like, oh, so that's like even that's better. To make it better. Okay. Oh, Way more stable. Yeah. No, no, no. She wasn't pulling it on me. She was going to pull it on herself. So then I'm going to have to deal with this bloody... So hopefully soon to be ex-girlfriend and that she's going to do this. And uh, it, it was, and then it wasn't even the worst of it because a couple of days later we were, uh, we're upstairs and I'm already just like getting to the point where I'm like this, we got to end this. And this is how it ended was she punched a hole in the wall the other day, like a huge hole. And because okay. of that, there was a picture frame that was above it. That was askew. It was just kind of like off center a little bit because right. of it. So I'm like outside the bathroom where the picture frame was and she's going to adjust it. So she's holding the picture frame and going like this. And I'm thinking she's going to hit me with it. I cannot. Oh and my I God. flinched. I flinched because she's hit me before. And <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not funny. It's not funny that you know it's hit, hilarious. But the fact that this woman is abusing you mm -hmm. and she's making you flinch. I mean, this is actually very frightening and i'm so not frightening i because I, I don't want to like domestic violence is not okay but holy fucking she, is she like an <laughs> ma what is she doing now uh she's already divorced now she'll probably oh, come God. see you again in a couple of <laughs> the funny stuff that would be actually interesting she's maybe she's come to the show wait so okay you're so you flinch and then what happened she said you thought i was gonna hit you with that and i said yeah your track record doesn't uh really prove <laughs> trustworthy and she's like we should probably break up right and i'm like yeah i think we're uh, i think we're at that point so i so i think it was a couple of days later she ends oh up moving God. in with a a girl that she had just met at one of her friends weddings because she was like a bridesmaid and one of the other bridesmaids they started becoming friends and so right. her friend came over because she had a, a, a an suv and as she's putting they're putting the uh mattress on top of the car right. like with the bungee cords i'm looking with the the doors open and i'm sitting on the stairs looking out the window as i'm downloading tinder and bumble <laughs> like, oh, no. so she's like hey can you hand me that bungee cord i gotta hook this and i'm like my name is tony i'm 28 years old i'm a stand-up comedian and i'm <laughs> and i'm recently broken up yep i do so not like women who like to hit me or shove six margaritas down their gullet yes so if you're scary. if you're a girl who can handle no more than five margaritas before a concert and if you're a girl who does not enjoy trying to stab your boyfriend in the kitchen uh swipe right please i might be your man and uh and then Steve. eventually i did find my my now wife not long after and of oh, course she and accused me of cheating on her boy that was soon you guys got and i'm like I was emotionally broke. Just so actually, this is an interesting, I could ask you about this because yeah. after she had hit me on St. Patrick's Day, I it was emotionally broken up from her. Oh God, yes. Like, I, I have a very low paying radio job right now. 
Uh, and I have a lease that's up at the end of February and it's March 17th. And so that means I am stuck with this girl for 11 months and I don't have the money or, and I'm not going to ask my parents right. to pay for this. So I was emotionally well, was nice broken up with her for the full year. So it, by the time I met who ended up being my now wife, I was in my mind single for 10 months. Oh, so and first I had of emotionally all, moved on. I have to be honest with you, putting your hands on somebody, she's very lucky you didn't like. I, so I do a joke in my set about hitting my ex-boyfriend. Um, it's a joke, but it actually happened. Mm. Um, I will say that I like smacked him like that on the face. That's not okay. There's not, it was not okay. He, he, he held my arm and then I smacked him. He didn't like purposely hold my arm to hurt me, but like, I would try to give him a letter. He was like, no, I'm not going to read it. And then I smacked him. He was very drunk. I was very mad at him because he kept ignoring me. He was ghosting me. It was, it was driving me wild. Now I am so embarrassed by the fact that I did that. That's been years. I mean, him and I have had sex since. Like, we have made up. We're friends. Like, did did he I tell said, you to like, I, hey, can can you smack me again? <laughs> well, we had we were intimate last year. Now this happened like five years, four years ago, and we had sex last year. And um, I actually, we like he's he's the one ex that I thought I like. I'm so surprised. I I am. He doesn't, he just doesn't give a fuck about like me making fun of the character of him. He's like, whatever. Like he fought in Kuwait. Like he's not, you know, he's been dealt, dealt with a, a bunch of other things that like, you know, this is nothing. And, and he's been shot at in war. He right. It's literally, he's state. been shot at in a tank from, I'm not joking. So, so the smack though came from like a frustration of like how he was treating me. And like, it was being, he was kind he was being very, he, he wasn't being, I had no right to have done it. But he could like putting your hands on someone is there's there is consequences if if they want to act on them. And I've been in situations where I could have reported someone to so like the fact that she did that and didn't seek the help after because that's scary. You know, you know, yeah, there is humor in it. And I've, I I initially just laughed because I was like, holy frig, like she just smacked you mm -hmm. and other times. So you had to have been emotionally removed from that abusive, that's an abusive relationship for a long time. And you were probably scared to leave. I would have, anybody would have been scared. Sounds like the, the, she's very unpredictable. And I'm happy to hear that you felt, look, you finding love in the wife is like what I want to find in my life, you know? And that's the whole goal of Divorce Diaries is to find these, these red flag situations to get out of them. And hopefully she, she sees the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, well, that was my wife and I were just talking about that the other day because she's, uh, as I always say, that she has, out of all the girls that I had dated in the past, she has the most basic of musical tastes. Like she Aww. likes Florida Georgia Line and all that bro country. And she likes, she's a huge Backstreet Boys fan and everything. Yes. Yes. We saw him last year. <laughs> yeah, we saw him last year. Everything, and she's she'll show me on Instagram. Like, did you see what uh, see what Kevin posted here? And did, uh, did you see Brian's son is performing? I'm like, okay, sure. One of my I mean, high like, school, uh, one of my uh, high school friends is works for AJ McLean and has a business with him. Oh, really? So, like, I've told him, I'm like, I've wanted to meet the Backstreet Boys forever. We yeah. lost touch the last couple years, but yeah. But so. it's funny because all the other crazy women that I've dated, a lot of the crazy women had really good taste in music. Like, <laughs> okay, like, hold on, I gotta ask you. Yes. What now, you have told me a pretty crazy story, so I might actually side with you on this one. I have a joke in my set about crazy, right? About mm -hmm. calling us crazy. 
what for you identifies a woman as acting aka crazy what are what are the top three things that you identify that bitch is crazy um i would say the irrationality of i, I would say number one out of all of them would be the irrationality of something that is meaningless or minuscule that okay. can be resolved easily like for example she was one of those girls that if I, I, I've used this example before. If I said, hey, can I borrow your car today? And I'm driving and there was a, a deer that jumped out in the road and I got the car totaled and everything. And I would call her, I'd be like, I'd be afraid. I'm like, she's gonna kill me, everything. And I would say like, hey, uh, I, I'm sorry to say this. Your car got totaled, a deer ran out on the highway. I'm going 60 miles an hour. And her thing would be, are you okay? The, all that matters, it doesn't matter about the car. Are you right, okay? Right, I'm like, right. yeah. But if I left a dirty fork in the sink, oh. World War Three, and that's where I think number one with crazy, where you, I think that you, there could be, you could have an argument and say like, hey, I told you to wash out the cereal bowl, and you didn't, and I'm like, I, I, oh, I'm sorry, I'll wash it right now. Is that okay? No, I already took care of it. Okay. That's how you deal with it. Instead, right. it turns into a blow up about all of my faults and all of everything right. that I well, have. So it's the, the cherry on top of the ice cream. Yes. She's passive aggressive and she blows up over something small. Caught. That's a crazy lady. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of us women do that. <laughs> I'm not saying all the women do it, but we all tend to do it. I did it in my marriage. I don't think I would necessarily freak out about if someone got in the car accident versus the fork. But I definitely used to do that when I was unhappy um, with my ex relationship. But um, what about social media posts? If oh, if God. a woman, okay. So if I'm dating a guy and he likes another girl's picture, I'm not saying he can't, but it sets in us a feeling of, oh, comparison, am I not good enough? And I know that all lies within us in me, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're first dating somebody and you don't know where it's going, you don't know the commitment level they're at, that triggers us in our crazy wheel, at least mine. Well, that's what I've dealt with in my marriage is uh, that was one of the things I kind of gave up on at the beginning was we okay. had we did have a conversation and she said, I saw you like that person's post. And I said, yeah, why'd you like it? Well, she lost like 25 pounds. I thought she looked, she did a good job. And it was one of those things, it was a sacrifice and I'm like, I don't need to like any girl's posts. So, yeah, okay, then I'll that. give that up. I have no Aww. problem. Social, it also depends on social media posts about what you are divulging during a relationship with your boyfriend or whatever. And um, th that same girl that I told you about, there was one day, uh, it was something about one of her friends was, uh, maybe it was like she was single and there was like a creepy guy that was sliding into her DMs. And so my ex-girlfriend posts like this long diatribe on Facebook of like, you talk to one of my friends like that, I will cut your fucking balls off and shove them down your fucking throat. And then after you shit it out, I'll shove them up your ass and whatever. And she was also friends with my coworkers. So, I, so I'm sitting there at work and they'd be like, is everything okay at home? I saw her Facebook post. I'm like, and I, I said this, I said, please unfriend her. Please unfriend her. I don't don't deal with her right now. I don't want to deal with her now. Just please don't don't be Facebook friends with her anymore. How does she not get a community violation? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no clue. Um, the, the, and, and here's the weird thing that like I can I, I could tell underneath her her the the rough exterior that there was a good person there. Right. There's a good person who is dealing with and 
she was also, and here's the other thing that's been a constant theme in my, uh, every girl I've been with, every girl I've been with has had home life issues. <laughs> and, uh, and this girl dealt with the divorce of her parents. I, her, okay. she had a brother who committed suicide and everything. Okay. So, and this was all before she turned 18. So in her formative years, all of these changes that were happening. Right. And that's where I I do have a little bit of sympathy. It's just yeah. the sympathy should only go so far. Right. Well, so there's a I think there's a huge difference. First of all, we all have had shit and we all will have shit that we go through in our childhood. It's about how we get the tools to process accordingly. And and quite frankly, you shouldn't get a pass just because your dad and mom got divorced to go hitting people and threatening their lives. No, mm -hmm. but I understand if you're, you know, like, you know, if you're overreactive in a relationship because of your past, okay, great. Maybe there's a way for you to compromise with your, you know, within yourself, but to the extreme of like threatening people, harming people. No, we need to not give passes for that. I think that that's not okay. Um, so basically the irrationality of being passive aggressive too much to the point where you explode and you are threatening somebody. And then the fact is, look, you are the first man I've ever heard. I mean, I, there probably was others too that said, I gave up the liking of posts because it didn't make my wife feel great. And I love that because look, I know it's a secure, I, I do think, cause men back in like my parents' day would smack some bottoms, but their wife didn't see, right? Mm -hmm. So now it's like liking a post isn't smacking a bottom, but it makes for some reason it put, it doesn't sit right with us all the time, especially if it's a sexy lady. But then again, I can't say that, I think it depends on the relationship. And look, you were willing to give that up. You're like, it's not that important to me. If it bothers you, I fucking won't. Yeah. And I've done that for men. And it's like, they don't, but if I, but they won't do it for me which is fucked up. But. Well, that that's the thing, though. It's it's such a small thing. Like, I mean, the fact that on Instagram, I can go there, right? I, I, I'm going to actually do this as a fun experiment right now. And I say fun. Uh, I will go there. And will I see boobs? Right? Yep, there's boobs. Like, immediately. Yeah. There's boobs. There's a girl. If you just go to your Facebook. Uh, what's that? If you just go to your Facebook account. No, my well, my Instagram, because I'm looking, it's either cat videos or it's oh, it. girls in thongs. And it's I not necessarily it. because of my algorithm. That's just what's been brought forth. And when you have that dopamine rush for a lot of especially young men, and this is one thing I'm kind of concerned about, too, as we go forward. I, I love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, is Gen Z. I, I saw a story a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was a week ago, that David's bridal is filing for bankruptcy because people are not getting married anymore. I, I looked at David's bridal for my wedding dress. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what it was. Store. It was like, oh, we got to go. I'm registered. Actually, at no. Bridesmaids. bridesmaids. Sorry. Yeah. I, it, yeah you'd, you'd have the sign that said something like, uh, you know, uh, I, I I said yes to the dress. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, I mean, I think the bridal dress stuff. It, yeah. I, I loved shopping for a wedding dress. I mean, the experience of a wedding mm -hmm. is what everyone really wants. It's really the marriage that matters. And I think that. You know, I, I definitely got caught up in the planning. I don't want to say I was happy to marry my husband at the time, um, but I do know there was a big letdown after the wedding was over. It was like after all the appliances, after everything that was registered. It even felt on my wedding day. I was like, this isn't this isn't what I thought my wedding day would be. I thought my wedding day was going to be this expectation of jubilee and like, um, like. Like that, this fairy tale. Oh my God. And it just, our relationship was at such a plateau. We had lived together for two years. We'd just been in our routine. And it wasn't like, 
I don't know. It wasn't what I thought. And I, I know there was a huge part missing that I should have known then, but I was an experience intimacy that I really needed and craved in life, which I mm-hmm. think is a big part of long-term growth. Um, and I definitely think I outgrew the relationship before we ever got married. So, you know, it's fine now we're happily ever apart so and we have a daughter happily never after exactly he's in a he's in a relationship and happy i am single and happy although i don't i'm happy being single i'm just not sure i don't i know where to go from here Mm because as i get older i find my i find myself more exhausted in dealing with men and dating yeah that i don't even do it well, and that's the thing, though, because I was mentioning about Gen Z that Gen Z is just not getting married now. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, I it, interrupted you. No, 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 because it, it plays into it because back in our parents day that they would go out and, you know, if, if either they're getting divorced or going through a breakup and it's like, hey, I know this girl that uh, she goes to church and she's this and that. Or, hey, this is the girl who works at uh, she's uh, the secretary at my office, and everything. And that was what it was at one time nowadays with dating. And this has got to be interesting. The the um online dating it's not even just online it's the apps that it just turned into studio 54 in a lot of ways where as soon as you're you're uploading this and i look i, I did that myself for a little bit when i was single and a disc nine years ago i remember it's 2014 when my buddy's like you should try this tinder thing i'm like okay and i went on there and it it just turned into like oh my god you know, I'm not here for hookups. That was the big thing. It's like not here for hookups. And then it's like, and then the girl later on that night says, I don't usually do this. I'm like, yeah, I know it says so in your profile. But this, so this is the thing. I don't do the dating apps because it's overwhelming to me because I'm, I'm on all my social media platforms for work and I can't even fathom how to keep up track with that. And I get shit from some people. They're like, well, then how would how are you going to look for a job if you don't go on LinkedIn? How would you promote your show if you don't, um, go on social media, which is not true. I just don't, I'm not ready to take on that extra task, but it Mm. is become a, and because I've also heard of how crazy it is to even keep track of these people. And, you know, when do you actually meet them? And when, how do you have time to meet? Like, I don't even have time to fucking brush my teeth sometimes. I know that's gross, but like, well, I mean, you're, you're, you're a mother, you got all this stuff yeah. going on, you're filming stuff, you're writing material. I mean, it, it, it's tough. And you, and especially when you add on to the, the rush, because that's what it is, is when you're on Tinder, you're on bubble, a bumble and hinge and everything, they're swiping and swiping, it turns into a game. And then now it's upending a lot of our societal norms of now we meet and have sex. And now I have to have sex with you a couple of times in order for me to figure out if I want to be with you. When in reality, and what it used to be, it was, no, we go on dates and we get to know each other. And then it's like, then I will decide that okay. I will have sex. I have a question for you. Okay. Yes. I know this is turning into a Q&A with, with M&T. M&T, that's my initials, by the way. Michelle, Tony, so my last name is Trina. Okay, whatever. Wait, that's so funny. Yours is TM, mine is MT. That's right. Here we go. High five. TMNT. <laughs> All right, so I have a question for you. Do yeah. so. I love that you just said that because my producer, who uh, direct, who produced the Amazon Prime special, is the producer for the TV series, David Vaxmal. And shout out to you. He and Danny Reyes, my director, both said Michelle and my father has said this. Every man I know has said men only just want sex, and they're always going to try to just have sex with you. And then once they have sex with you, then they'll decide whether or not they want to stick around. Yes or no? Do you agree with that? Uh, it depends on the guy. I think it's all but dependent. Would you or do you feel that way? 
Um, no, I, I I've Thank had you. I've had first dates. David, I've had first sorry. date sex before, and it's not fulfilling. Okay, it's one of those things where it's like because there are a couple of girls they feel that society has beaten this into them where it's like, I have to do this. I have to have sex with them because that way he'll want to stick around. And for me, I'm like, I've lost respect for you. I'm like, now I feel guilty because I'm like, I'm doing the thing that you wanted and that I actually disagree with. I feel guilty. I feel dirty about it, like really dirty, but it's not making me respect you. You, you got to kind of dangle the carrot a little bit and, and to see if I like, are you, it's a Seinfeld thing. Are you sponge worthy? Uh, are you worth it down the road? Am I going to, is this something I can foresee a little bit longer or are we going to just be hookup pals and just do whatever? And I'm like, for me, I, I love, I think the fact that I know it sounds quaint from back in the day, but it was a better society of we all get together and, you know, we go on a couple of dates, then you get to first base, second base, third base, and then you get to score and you get to get a home run there. And instead now, especially over in Europe. I know it's like that too, where it's, you have sex and it's like, eh, is he worth it? Is he worth another time? So another what does round? that be? Like that's a, that's it's a first, first time sex with a person you like can be very awkward. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's so like, to me that may, I, I, you know, I do believe there are some men that just want to bone me, but then, then there's like men that I know that like me, but then I mean, last year or so, I have experienced both. And then one guy really liked me, but it was religion. And then it was like, I don't want to be around you because you put me out on your platform and it would turn into that. But like, I have a guy who's a colleague friend of mine who keeps saying, let's go get a drink, wants me to do stuff with his brand, but never asks me out on a date. So that means he just wants to, yeah. I'm assuming have sex. So I guess I just get bothered by the fact that I'm like, well, but then I've been out with guys who take me out on dates and I know they just want to have sex too, but yet they say, I don't want friends with benefits. And it's like, well, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was at one time a nice thing of we all get together and you basically, I think girls need to start putting their foot down and make putting guys their work foot for it. down. Correct. I feel put, like put your foot down, get a vibrator, get whatever you need to do uh, to take care of it. And if you finally realize it's like, Hey, this guy, cause I'll, I'll give you another thing guys on their first date and you go and have sex with them, that'll probably be the best sex he'll ever give you because now he's really like, he's performing. Like oh. I have to be on my best behavior right now. Uh, if I want to make sure that I can bang her for a second time, then, you know, but then it just starts to get over and it's like, can I keep my shirt on? Uh, yeah, now nah, I'm already like, I, I'm too close to everything. You, you, you know, you, there's too much foreplay. I'm overstimulated, all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, but yeah, that yeah. first time he's going to go in like, I, this is it. Like I am performing. This is the Super Bowl for me. And you want to make sure that if you're, I think girls need to put their feet down and guys, you need to lower your expectations of what right. you think that first date's going to be. So I, yeah, I think I liked hearing from you that you can definitely, I, not every single guy just wants to bone you on the first date. I also think like if I'm getting to know somebody and I feel a, a chemistry between us, I say, I tell them up front, I'm like, look, I'm not looking to fuck. I'm mm -hmm. looking for both fucking and relationship. And I do have, um, so, so some of my male friends were like, you shouldn't say that right away. I'm like, I'm so tired and old, getting old for this bullshit. Like, I'm going to yeah. say it. I didn't say it back when I was dating right after divorce. And that didn't help any relationship further. 
So what does it matter? These are my fucking cards. Take them or leave them. Go to another table. Don't sit in the lobby dicking me around. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm upstairs or don't. I mean, the whole thing, like being married for three years, I'm so happy with nowadays how dating is like I, I survived the not that I was ever me too, not that I would ever be a threat <laughs> to being me too. But yeah. God, I couldn't even imagine what dating would be like after that. Um, well, I have had men ask me to touch me. That has happened on more than one occasion when that when like I'm on a date. Can I touch your breast? Can I touch your leg? I'm not even kidding. Can I kiss you? Just like that? Like, yep. hey, can I can I do this or are you going to yeah. call Gloria all red? Well, I mean, it's happened twice now and it's interesting. So I was like, um, and I, I don't know if I like it. I, I feel like I was given the sign for them to touch me anyway. So I, I don't, but I, I, I get it. Well, I and I'm also, to. I'm also concerned with Gen Z too, because they're the first generation that's been raised that they've had porn at their fingertips. For oh, everything is, life. uh, I know. I mean, there's so much out there. They don't have to even. Everything's at their fingertips. They're not going to even get married. They're just going to be like in situationships, which is a new term I just found out. I was doing stand up in New York. And Wait, what is it? It's a, called a situationship. Uh, no, 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 no. Wait, it's not that. It's um, is it situation? It's not a situation. It know. sounds like a Jersey Shore character, but it's something else where it's like not complicated. Like they're not dating exclusively, but they're seeing and they're chilling. But it's a different term. I'm like, it, it combines chilling and dating, but before dating and before so we're just, just trying just to reinvent the wheel. That's all what it sounds like. It's everybody's experienced the, it's something new. Uh, so we're just renaming friends with benefits now. <laughs> I know. I just. I'm looking for an, for me in my journey. I'm looking for an intimacy explosion. And like, I'm not just talking sex. I'm saying emotional mm -hmm. and physical. And you got a person where you don't have to question, are they with me or not? Like, yeah. I can't, I can't talk to 10 people at a time. I can't talk to two people. I don't like knowing that the guy I'm talking to is talking to five other women on a dating app. And I have my friends who are like, but that's what dating is now. I'm like, not in my mind. And that's not how I'm pivoting. Like that, I'm not ready to go into that mindset. And one of my girlfriends told me, she goes, well, then you're not ready to date. I'm like, see, that's some bullshit. I am ready to date. I am not ready to date in 2023 a lens no. where I have to talk to 10 men at a time and know that they're optioning me as a fucking entree. Mm -hmm. No, I yeah. don't. And, and, it, but we're also dealing with a different generation where like we're of the generation that still goes on dates. Right. I'm concerned about the next generation where these boys are like, why would I want to go out on a date with a girl who's a a 5.2 when I can just go home, go on my computer and just see a bunch of tens who just want to get on their knees. And it's, it's concerning because <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm now, I, so getting to know a little bit of uh, like having family and family friends and stuff that have teenage kids, the girls are the ones asking the guys out on the dates and the guys are like, yeah. Yeah, I didn't really feel like it, man. You know, I just go. And then they go home and they just jerk <sighs> off the whole time. And you go like, that doesn't get you anywhere. You need you need human intimacy. You need building up an emotional relate, not even just a physical, but an emotional relationship. Right. And instead, they're like, "Yeah, but you know, I got, I got my Pornhub, Pornhub, and yeah, okay, so great. So Holy all the socks hands. that are right beside your, those things are going to start clanging around the dryer like a work boot in there. <laughs> it's 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 really sad. Which brings me to why I create from it and to divorce stories. And this in this version this these shows coming up at Cuyahoga Falls 
a funny stop i'm i'm bringing a little bit of a twist to some of the stuff i don't want to show um i don't want to do the same stuff they'll see in the special Mm-hmm. So when you guys come to the show, you will see a little bit of a different feel than the prime special, but definitely so, so that you can watch both. And, um, there is a new part of the improv that I'm excited to share that I've been working all year that it's, I am excited to share with everybody. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's uh, maybe, maybe, uh, in Cuyahoga falls, you'll find Mr. Wright. Maybe he's, he'll, he'll be the one. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's like deep underneath the rocks in that little fall section by where like the little that little bridge is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's he's hanging out with the gremlins uh, under there. He's their, underneath uh... the bridge like <sighs> Now in your experience with dating since post divorce, would would you have had more success, not just sex, but success from dating somebody older or somebody younger? I've had failures on both ends and I've had the most success I've had, and that is not saying a lot, there's, it's been with a guy, I'd say he's most successful because I still talk to him and I had a really nice time with him. It wasn't a relationship, but we had a, a fling and we still stay in touch. And we met through perform, he, I was performing with, he performs in Vegas and I performed on his show, blah. He was younger, he was eight years younger. Okay. But I, I'd say that I am more attracted to someone who's a little bit older. Um, but now I'm like, I'm getting older now. Look, I don't know. That could change. Like I'm 41. So I could meet a 35 year old and that's a little bit younger, but it's not drastic. You know, I, yes, I think that these youngins, these youngins out there in their mid thirties. Um, I listen, I'm open. I, at, after the last person that I had feelings for that rejected me because I, because of my religion and I don't, I'm a Catholic, but I don't practice regularly. I'm very spiritual. I believe in God and higher being. He, he put me on such a, a, he triggered me to feel so less than that, you know, just because I wasn't born into this planet, his religion. And, and he, you know, he probably doesn't agree with what I'm saying that he made me feel bad, but what his actions, and his reasoning behind not wanting to date me made me feel very low about myself. Mm. And that is totally on me. But I'm at this point, and he's a 40 or seven old fucking man uh, that I think has still got mommy shit in his brain. And I am very open to dating a younger guy. That's what I'm okay. saying. So- now, uh, when it comes to dating uh, with kids, because this is one thing that I've noticed is is a real touchy one, is introducing the new boyfriend to the kids. Um, and I've seen yeah. this on both ways where it's like, I have to know that this is going to be something sustainable. Therefore, I can introduce to the kids. But I've also seen it's like, hey, to the kids, like, this is my new boyfriend. He's going to be around for three weeks. And then you wonder what that emotional mindset's going to be for the kids. But like, mommy just keeps bringing random guys over here. Uh, I think that's one thing that, um, you know, I I don't know how that's going to play out as time goes on. I never bring home anyone to my daughter. Um, She does definitely now she's older. So she's 10 going to be 11 next week. She definitely hears me talk about them and she knows about my show. She's, you know, we have open dialogue about it. Uh, But I have not introduced anybody to my daughter. They were not worthy. Um, has she heard them on the phone and heard me talk about them? Sure. Do we dialogue about it? Yes. Um, no one comes into our life. She, she knows me as mommy. That's it. Like no, no one else has been in this bed besides me. Well, when she's here besides me. 
Well, I mean, that's that's one thing I, I see the the mistakes some people make. Well, they could be mistakes, but it has to they have to know it's going to be the real thing and say, hey, this he's going to be around for a while. Now, I don't know how long that while is going to be, but at least it's a sustainable thing and it's not just a hump and dump situation. Well, I think you have to make the choice to introduce someone to your child and keep it keep it in the loop of the other parent. Like, hey, I have a boyfriend. I've been dating for a couple of months. I personally think you should be dating them for a couple of months before you introduce them. Because if the child is younger and that father has children and they introduce the children, then your kid, your child would get attached to the child children. And it's a disappointment. Now that happened to my ex-husband because he was dating someone with a kid my daughter's age when she, they were both six. And then they broke up. It, they only saw each other twice, but she's like, I want to see me. I want to see me. And, and it's, then they went away. And I said that, I'm like, you cannot do that with children. And hmm. you know, now he has a different, he has a new girlfriend. She does not have kids. So it worked out better. I mean, I'd say the way he introduces his girlfriends in the past, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a social he doesn't take the social cues seriously when it comes to introducing another person into our daughter's life so but it worked out we're fine now but mm. i hope this one's forever because i don't want to go through that again although my daughter's older now so it's not like she's gonna be three again um some people don't get it and some people do and you gotta walk that with a very with delicate gloves for sure I think another thing with divorce is that when uh, people go through the divorce, I, I, I would say more women, uh, I think some guys would do this too, but more women would be prone to settling when they find their next mate, that they get to go through the divorce, they have to, you know, all the money, all the custody battles and everything, and that they find somebody that is that is fine, nothing mind-blowing, nothing that you would want to go through the process of marriage again. And you see girls, um, I would say mostly women, would probably settle with some guy who probably also doesn't have kids, but eh, he likes to go out and drink and shoot pool and have a good time or whatever. But it's like, yeah, he's not the best kind of guy, but he's not somebody that I'm going to be embarrassed by. So it's like, I guess this is the thing now. Is it? Would you say that that, I don't want to say in your uh, background, but do you think that that is something that... Uh, uh, play it has a role in a lot of uh, women who go through this so settling for a second time would suck that's how i look at it um and i'm not saying i settled my first time but it, i feel like i look back and i feel like i was trying to settle because everybody was getting married i need to get married at 25 blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. so I, I definitely i personally would am afraid of that and i i feel like that could be a reason why i don't get into a relationship with the right person i always fall for these guys who don't want a relationship for women and men who want a partner and don't want to um, be quote unquote alone, which by the way, we're all alone at the end of the day. We all have our alone selves, right? We all, and we're not alone. We have family, we have friends, right? So yes, I do think people can get triggered back into settling, but I think there's more people that will stop it before they make the same mistake again. But because of what they went through with divorce that doesn't mean though that they won't be in a relationship like you said not married but they'll be in a relationship with the person to say they have a partner i know people that like aren't even divorced yet and they go back they go into relationships full-blown relationships and, and i'm not to say that i would i wouldn't do that i i mean i was doing that when i was separated i was i wanted to find a sexual partner you know and i was and i would then i started to think oh this is my sexual partner we're going to be together maybe this is the one no, um, and I'm I'm glad that they they didn't turn out right. But like, yeah, you probably could settle again. I personally, though, no, I don't want that. I don't want that again. I will 
lose my shit if I do that my, to myself again. Like would, but would, would that have changed over time? Like if you were younger, would you have settled or has this always just been that mindset? Always. It's since okay. I got divorced. So I made the mistake once I settled and changed who I was for a relationship and I won't do it again. And so help me God, if I do smack me across the face with something hard, that's not a picture frame like Tony's ex because I or six margaritas throw it in my face so I know I'm doing it again <laughs> keys corona bottle anything else like that there's probably even more I just blocked it out by the way if anybody's listening right now go check out the men are talking podcast uh, I I had a couple of drinks in me and I told some even more uh pretty filthier stories that she said <laughs> I was doing oh, yeah. oh, I love it well, when I, when I'll, I'll, I'll save it for, for another time, but save uh, it. They have to come to the Patreon and buy. That's right. Buy my Patreon and buy divorce diaries. Uh, go on Amazon, go check that out. Let me pull that back up here. Yeah. Nope. Pull up the Amazon prime video special and come to funny step comedy club, May 12th and May 13th or whichever show there's four shows. Yep, there it is. Michelle Traina, Divorce Diaries Thanks, on Tony. Amazon. Go check it out. Uh, Ten bucks. That's not bad at all. And uh, there's I think it's more... actually seven ninety nine if you buy the SD version. Ooh, well, there you go. <laughs> Eighteen and over, so you might hear some naughty, naughty language. You know, kind of like you heard in this podcast. Absolutely. Uh, what What are some other dates that you have going on? You're traveling all over, so there's there's a lot of people outside of Ohio that are listening yeah. to this. Where else can we find you? So you can find me June 4th in New York City at Broadway Comedy Club, uh, August 19th in Richmond, Virginia, the Firehouse Theater. And then in between that, in between those dates, I'm doing just regular stand-up featuring and hosting at uh, other comedy clubs throughout the country. Uh, I'm doing one this weekend in Ansonia, Connecticut. I am also, uh, what else am I doing, Tony? Um, yeah, so I'm going to be in, the biggest shows though are Ohio, New York City, June 4th, and uh, Richmond, August 19th. Then back in San Diego and L.A. in October. And more dates to follow. Where are you at in San Diego? Mike Drop Comedy Club. Oh, yeah. I've, I've done that. It was, uh, I think it was called the Comedy Palace back when. Yes. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting room. San Diego's in, there's some towns that are going to be interesting. Uh, like, as far as, well, especially if you're going to talk about divorce, I would assume more I, would you say more East Coast places are a, a little bit more apt to your material than maybe a Midwestern wholesome thing? Or is it just everybody's everybody's dealt with divorce the last 40 years? It's like, yeah, I say it's another? universal. <laughs> I would say it's I don't think that the country locations have anything to do with who can connect to it. I think it's a universal theme. And this is why everybody has dealt with transition in their life. And divorce is a big transition. Right. And it's loss. So everyone's dealt with those two things. Right. Mm in general. So regardless if I'm performing in, in, you know, Punta Gorda, uh, for a older crowd or in New York city for a Gen Z crowd, I have had people connect to my story and, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke. I, I, I have pieces in my life that everyone can connect to. And we all do. So the, the way I tell the story of divorce diaries and, and this journey is, in a way that will connect regardless of the parts of the country um and also the age now um uh, let's see well well if you if anybody wants is a uh as a single guy out there you might enjoy the show too we'll we'll find oh, michelle God. a new husband oh please i i don't want a new husband i just want a life partner <laughs> now uh last thing i'll ask you because i i, I do this in my act too um 
it, when when not saying you, but a woman, how long into a, uh, a talking to send nude photos? Oh, great question. Okay, Ugh. well, so. Where I currently am now, I definitely have to trust the person, like in a way where I know they're not going to go up and share or whatever, like, cause you know, I have a daughter and I don't, I, I look, I've been in relationships with men, intimate relationships where I shared cause they've shared with me, whatever. Um, so Especially I have now to we're in it. the, we're in the only fans age right now where it's like, well, I guess I'll show this for nine bucks a month. No. And I can't, you know what? I can't do that. No, I have only done that with people that I could actually trust. And then again, they could lose their phone and then I'm fucked. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do it with somebody that I care about. And I don't think it's so it's it's a matter of knowing the person. Like if I've known somebody for over a year, um, mm. there was one person during the pandemic I shared um, nudes with, which I, who I didn't know at the time for too long, but we're still friends today. So that was like three years ago now. And him and I like, he, you know, I he were friends. So Did you grab um, his phone, and say, delete those now. Well, he <laughs> sent me pics of him, too. So and, okay, and, but, and, but and, who sent first, though? Uh, I think he did. Uh, now, was but, it full or was it like maybe him shirtless at the gym? Or oh, it was, was full. It, like... it was full. Oh, full? he showed okay. me his. Yeah. That's a, and that's the an thing is we're both course. comics. We're both comics and creative. So he's a writer. He's a producer. He's a, he, so he's a good friend. He's a, I would say he's a good friend because we don't hang out every day, but he's a friend. He lost his, he lost both of his parents. Um, he's younger than me. Nice guy. I mean, at the time we were going to hook up too. And then like, he's like, well, I don't want a relationship. And I like melted down and then we mm. didn't. But then we ended up staying friends and he and he and we are friends to this day, you know, and so I'm very glad we didn't. Um, but we did share. He was the only person I think I recently in the last couple of years sent nudes to in the first I'm talking too loud here was my daughter can hear. But whatever. yes, talk, talk more about nudes and buttholes in front of your So, so I just say <laughs> it's a family all... friendly podcast today. <laughs> well, I think the, the time frame to send a nude is up to you. If you don't care, if everybody sees it, fine, go do you, boo. But if you are like, if you work at a job field where you know you can get, lose your job because you sent a nude, cut your face. First of all, don't put your face in it if if you're uncertain, and yeah. you know, just keep in mind that it, it may. Just make sure you put today's newspaper so you know what date it is. That it's not one. It's like, well, because I know guys who do this that they have like they've taken a nude photo of themselves like with a hard on, and they're like. Well, that looks pretty good. I'm going to take a picture and it's going to be in my camera. And then they save it. Oh, months. I've had that before. I've had guys like I've had guys send dick pics that I think they photoshopped. Oh, yeah. Well, and and then also, well, that's I, I'm of the belief that if you're in that situation where if I was <laughs> dating somebody, you have to send first because I'm not going to go willy nilly. No pun yeah, intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just I go like, it. look at what I've got. Look what I'm working with. Uh, it's, and then also my other rule of thumb is if you're a girl, don't show, don't show the promised land. Right. Meaning, okay. Like if, if the first nude you send is spread Eagle, you know, no, no, not right. Like no, that. no. That just spoils everything. I've only done that for someone I was with for a year and a half actually. Um, and we were like intimate and we would do that. And it was part of our, it was part of our relationship mm -hmm. and it was hot, but I didn't just send those. And then my ex-boyfriend, I said, I mean, those, yeah. those were like people I've been in relationships with for a um, while. Yeah. But, you're not, you're not, no this judgment. isn't the first. If you want to do that, do it. Please, by all means. 
Yeah, I, I like there were girls who did that. The first nude they sent was that. And I'm like, oh, gee, I didn't know you were taking a picture of your pelvic exam. But like inside? Mm, I mean, like, I mean, full on two fingers. Uh, you know, look, it looked like she spilled a little cottage cheese, you know. She didn't big, clean? Big graphic. No, I'm just kidding about that. But oh. no, it's like, I think the rule of thumb should be if you're a girl and you're going to send it, especially early on, it should be more, look what I'm working with up here and behind here, but not like, hey, yeah, you like see sexy, this? Yeah. Welcome in. It's kind of like you're bringing a plane onto the tarmac. Well, you want the desire of to read inside. Exactly. I want to I, I want to experience it firsthand as opposed to like, oh, you already you already showed me the the, the finished project. <laughs> I got, I, got, I, got a whole, I got a whole bit about it and I have tags and stuff like that. So if I ever decide I want to do stand up again. <laughs> well, we, you have a lot of material to work with. I love it. This has been amazing. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, what's the website for people to go to? Okay, so you can go to DivorceDiarySHow.com or MichelleTrena.com and you can get all my social media there divorcediariesshow.com or michelletrina.com both the same spot different different umbrella of the website and you can you can find out everything you can join my email list you can see the trailer look at that boom okay you can see um you can hear you, you, there's a lot on my website that they can they can is that go your actual around. kid or is that like a child actor that is my actual kid and she and that wasn't that actually was not set up she was not having it sitting and letting me do headshots. So my friend Marco, who was doing them for comics in New York City, um, he's like, hey, let's do some promo shots. And that happened like that was perfect timing. That's a great so, that, that's such a great photo there, isn't it? I love that's a great it. promo. So, yeah, now, those are so old. I have to get some of those videos off. I have so many newer videos off of the show. But you know what you could do is check the Amazon Prime special. That's that that's the, the freshest version. Uh, but I've been I you know, you just keep building your craft. Um, yeah. Yeah, go check go check it out. Divorce Diaries uh, show dot com, Michelle Trana dot com. And you can go see some of these upcoming events that, as you just mentioned there and uh uh, coming up May 12th and 13th, uh, two shows each night at the Funny Stop in Cuyahoga Falls. And uh, yeah, go check it out. I'm going to try to make it. I know I'm going to be in Philly, I believe, on the 13th. But if Aww. I'm if I'm leaving, well, I'll, I'll see you at some point because I frequent New York and everything and have a lot of uh, friends up there. But um, it's, so uh, Tony will be there. Yes, that's right. Tony will be there. <laughs> so, well, and if I'm not there, uh, my ex might be there. Okay, well then let's keep what. Tell me offline what her name is. I'll keep a, I'll keep an eye out. I think she stopped going to because she loved going to the comedy club. And uh, Pete would come over and say, "This is true." Because you you should ask him this when you see him. Because Pete will. Pete goes like, "Donna, your ex went was at the club last night." I'm like, oh really? That's great. I'm glad I, I missed her. It's like, I think she's a lesbian. <laughs> I think she's a lesbian. Okay. She's also with she's with women all the time. She's. <laughs> she burp and she say fuck all the time I'm like yeah no I, I know that i love that impression oh my gosh okay <laughs> oh they're great pete and nadal and uh the whole tony and the whole family they're great over at the they, funny they stuff. really are I, uh, that's why i also i have to say that in the comedy business they're one of the fewer comedy clubs that really support comedians who are hustling their ass off 
and give love to that. So shout out to them. Um, thank you so much for having me. I have to teach a class in 10 minutes online. Yep. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I either warmed no. you up or I tired you out. <laughs> no, I, I'm excited because I have to moderate a panel. So this is perfect. <laughs> so then you're in the right mindset. I, I teach I teach theater. I, t I used to teach theater full time in, in between, like from acting full time to teacher and then now about comedy. But I do a, a virtual seminar class on Wednesday nights and we're doing a virtual panel tonight. So this warmed me up. This was amazing. Um, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for being on. That's Michelle Trena here on the Check Your Brain podcast. My name is Tony Mazur. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope, hopefully you can subscribe, whether for free on your favorite podcast platform or at patreon.com at pa patreon.com slash Tony Mazur or at locals at checkyourbrain at locals.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And I will talk to you fine folks soon. Bye.